Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 32 of Retro Hangover. Hello, Internet. We welcome you over the streaming service of your choice, whatever that might be. But today we are deliberately dropping diplomatic discourse despite doubts dumbing down debate. Don't deliberately divide from this podcast, the Retro Hangover Podcast. And I'm your co-host, Chris Copleen. And here is your host, Shane Dick Dragon Doggo Koski. You know, I'm going to say that in, in like a weird roundabout way, I feel like that's a compliment. If you think about the logistics of of the dragging of the dong, I feel like you're saying something, and I appreciate that. That that is a compliment. You're 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 my dick dragon dog, bro. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like if we had a a more like wider audience, that that would be one of those moments where I get stuck with a nickname for the rest of time. <laughs> You never know. That's why they archive. That's why that's that's why archives exist. I'm I'm fully forever. expecting I'm fully expecting someone like oh I don't know uh maybe Sam or super fan or, Sam super fan Sam or Lyle somebody yes. like that to just start dropping that in our comments all the time. That's not an invitation, by the way. It is an invitation. Please do. Damn it! You will get you will get the heart symbol on Facebook for doing it, and a one of those heart likes on Instagram from my personal account. If you. If you continue to call Shane Dick Dragon Shane, I, I will poop emoji every one of those. I promise. <laughs> like like uh, angry video game nerd. Remember uh, uh, Mike Matei when yeah. he was known as Big Dick Mike forever or whatever he was called because I don't know why, but it was just that thing. <laughs> well, that, that's kind of like when the Game Grumps came to uh, Jacksonville when they were doing the Game Grumps live thing, and we coined the nickname for um, Aaron that stuck for a while, which was uh Aaron Thick Bitch Hansen. <laughs> so there you go. You got you got your nickname. Uh fans of the show, please mobilize and make it popular. I am like I am sim- simultaneously okay and disturbed by this. I I don't know how to feel. You should feel honored. You have a nickname. Uh so anyway, um how how you doing, Chris? What what you been up to besides I'm assuming more more of the school works? Uh, yeah, so this class is almost done, and like I, I think I said this last time, fuck this class, because I cannot say that enough times. Fuck this class, fuck this class, fuck this class. Yes, I do um, recall that. So I, I've sent a copy of my final to Shane to review, because he has been through the colleges, and he has the experiences. So hopefully he gives me some good feedback, but I don't want to talk too much about that. Uh, I did spend... I'm just going to draw dicks all over it. Please do. Just it would big veiny magnificent bastards. Just just go ahead and drag drag those dicks all over the paper as <laughs> as you have as you are wont to do. Because that's why you're a dick <laughs> dragging Shane. So um but I, I spent the previous week in South Carolina doing some business up there, and that wasn't a bad time. Great little food uh safe haven up there in Charleston, South Carolina. Fantastic place. Uh, I will also say that uh, Chrono Trigger for the PC is not worth your time. Do not, do no. not get it. Do not, do not buy it. No, it is not. Because I bought it because it was on sale, and I'm an idiot because I bought it. And I'm, I'm sorry. Don't you have a 3DS? 
Uh, yes, but on the 3DS, uh, like an idiot, I didn't get that back when it was like $20. Because uh, now oh, it's like... Is that, is that like expensive now? I wouldn't call it expensive, but I'm not going to pay $40 for a game I can emulate. So... <laughs> Touche. I don't know why I do that. I mean, I'm not going to get all the extras and stuff, but I played a lot of Chrono Trigger for the PC just because I bought it, and I do love the game. It's it's kind of like pizza or sex. You know, no matter how bad it is, it's still not bad because it's Chrono Trigger. Unless it but, involves pineapples. But on pizza, that's great. That is where you're wrong, kiddo. Well, pineapples belong on pizza, and anyone who disagrees with me is Hitler. So, they, they belong as we in the move trash. forward... Also, as a related... Uh, Chrono Trigger you know, um, I'm is, pretty sure yeah, that still my good game. Th- 3DS copy of uh, Chrono Trigger is in, in physical form, so if you wanted to, to borrow that, you could totally do that. But it's for the DS, not the 3DS. Yeah, yeah, it works in both. Oh, touche. But I have a DS, I don't have it... Well, I do have a 3DS, but I just don't play it, my kids do. Any case... Uh-huh. I'm getting off track. Um, if you ha- if you want to buy Chrono Trigger for the PC, do not do it. I'm going to tell you that right now. Do not do it. Do not do it. Do not do it. Emulate it if you have to. Just emulate it. $40 for a DS game is not worth it on the free market unless you can get it for free. Uh, play it on your emulator of choice on your PC. I am advocating illegal activity. You are absolutely right. I don't care because the PC version is absolute dog shit. Uh, in addition to that... Oh, yeah. So I, I completed Kingdom Hearts, and of course the disc is scratched at the ending. So I was able to complete the game and, and beat the last boss, which of course was like the Ursula boss, which pisses me off because just kind of float over to the guy and just hit X a bunch of times, and hope that he doesn't spam one of his moves and kills you, uh, and, and just repeatedly hit X. And there's no real strategy to it. You just figure out the magical part you're supposed to hit, and you and you beat it up. But uh, then it made it through the credits, and as soon as it got to the end of the credits, it just stopped working. So, at least I can say I beat it. There's that. Uh, there you go. It's done. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I didn't mention this last episode, but I completed the World of Light thing in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And I will say Super Smash Bros. Ultimate is an amazing game. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I know Shane hates Smash Bros., but I'm going to tell you this. I got Smash for the Wii U. And it is much better than that. I can I can only meh so hard, Chris. I think what enhanced it is I got one of those wireless uh, GameCube controllers for the Switch. And mm-hmm. it actually did enhance my gameplay experience. So there is that. I, I suppose there is that. So enough about me and my travels to South Carolina and my struggles with bullshit college professors and shitty versions of Chrono Trigger. How have you been doing, Shane? I've been doing pretty good. Um, busy as usual, uh, but I've been managing to find time to to fit in the Vigia games where I can. Uh, interestingly enough, and I feel like a lot of people can probably relate to this uh, in that I have, you know, I don't even know, man, like let's say a couple hundred games between steam and the other platforms I own that I have yet to actually play. And yet I will still just go back and play the games that I played before. So, Hmm. um, like for instance, I, for whatever reason, decided to start a brand new dark souls remastered character a couple days ago because, because why not? Hmm. Because I felt like, you know what? I played through this game to completion before. And I had a pretty safe, like, strength and vitality like heavy armor sword and board kind of build so i've played through all the dark souls and i'm like about three quarters of the way through bloodborne right now so you know what i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna try to play a ninja 
So like I've got light armor and I uh, am using the the uchi katana. So I'm just two handing this giant katana sword, no shield. And um, turns out the game's a lot harder when you do it that way. (laughs) But you have Um, to increase the difficulty. You already beat it. I mean, I I know you're kind of joking, but that is sort of true. Um, Yeah. So I think where the hell am I right now? Oh, I've got up to Sen's Fortress so far. And um, funnily enough, the thing that's made me stop playing that character for a while out of sheer frustration is just the fact that the the environmental traps in Sen's Fortress are just a total bitch when you can't just use a shield to block projectiles from the cheap ass lizard men that try to snipe you while you're walking across a fucking catwalk. So that's fun. Um, so I don't know how much farther that run's going to go, but spent a lot of time doing that. Um, I also finished up leveling my seasonal character on my switch, uh, for Diablo three and, and finished those objectives. So that was cool. Uh, I was decided to go with a, um, blessed hammer, crusader this time around and that build is a hell of a lot of fun when you get the full set for it um yeah man and then other than that yeah um i'm actually still i'm plinking away at, at kingdom hearts 3 but that one's going slow because i only play when brianna has time to sit and watch because she likes to see the the story and everything mm. and um at some point i'm gonna finish bloodborne too because i've still got that going the games you're talking about reminds me of two things one is with diablo mm. Mm-hmm. And that is, it just came out on good old games. Hell yeah. And we are totally not being sponsored. The only reason I'm bringing that up, and I wish no, we were but, being sponsored but, by Blizzard. If, if, if you want to sponsor us, Gog, just give us a call. I mean, Blizzard would be preferable, but Gog is fine too, because Blizzard has deeper pockets. Maybe. I mean, their stock is tumbling, but we're not going to get too much into that. In any case. Bobby Kotick, um, y'all. Bobby Kotick needs to be fired. I, never mind. I'm Tangent. In any case, you can get it on... <laughs> Uh, good old games and the reason I bring this up is because that was one of my critiques of Diablo on our podcast is that it was too hard to obtain that was one of the reasons it didn't hold up but hey if you really want to go check it out you can go check it out on Diablo so I have to amend what I said there the other yeah, thing is Kingdom- now you have no excuse no excuses uh, the other thing is Kingdom Hearts 3 I'm surprised by the negative reaction that I've seen from fans on like Game Facts and that's usually the barometer I use to see how the more hardcore fans are and I said I, I noticed that you liked it but I'm I do, yeah. Shocked at the reviews that are are coming from like the the fan base that is fair to middling. Uh, so uh, there, I won't spend too much time on this because we've already spent a lot of time anyway on the on the the bantery stuff. But now that you mention that, um, yeah, there are a couple of legitimate gripes with it. I mean, I. I'm enjoying it, but then again, I'm the kind of person, and this applies to a lot of things like movies and TV shows, and and something has to be really bad for me to not get some kind of enjoyment out of it. Like, for example, Iron Fist fucking sucked, and there's no saving that show, and I'm glad that one got canceled, and I'm sad that the other ones went down too, but... um, I, I'm enjoying my time with Kingdom Hearts 3. It's, it's, it's fun to play. The systems feel good, the combat feels good. Some of the gripes with it are like the um the well not the summons but the the attraction system um that it actually makes the game way too easy and they also pop up way too often so you get these very long sort of animations that you can kind of skip um but it still takes a lot more time and it just sort of trivializes a lot of fights 
So there's really not much in the way of difficulty, whether or not they're going to include like a critical mode or, or whatever, I guess remains to be seen. There's DLC that's coming, so maybe they'll do that. But I know that that's one. Um, and I feel like maybe, the, and I, you could say more on this one because you've probably seen what people are saying more, but I think probably some of the story elements or whatever, which I don't know about because I'm trying not to spoil whatever happens in the second half of it. But uh. yeah. So currently it's it's sitting at a 3.83 out of 5 on on GameFAQs from nine reader reviews which I, I still find shocking and that yeah might a lot of those things you you may have alluded to might be why but I'm just upset that the thing that I'm I'm upset is just it's really simple is that my disc wasn't clean enough for me to see the ending and that's what upsets me. I, I like how you worked both of those words into that sentence. Enough about Kingdom Hearts and Squaresoft, <laughs> though. Uh, we've been beating up Squaresoft and Disney and all things like that. Final Fantasy and maybe until our next episode. And we, we promise we'll, we'll back off maybe. But maybe this week, this week, we're going back to the PC. We are we are going to go back yeah, to our 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 first person shooter grit and grim roots and PC Master Race, even though that's not a thing. And we're that's says what we're going to be doing. Yes, says me. And I'm always right. So, Shane, what are we talking about this week? We are talking about Descent. The first-person shooter in a fully 3D realm, sort of. Uh, I mean, not really a sort of, but yeah. Yeah, you know. The PlayStation Classic and Masterpiece. The MS-DOS Masterpiece, yes. Okay. But in any case... <laughs> We will get into our diatribe shortly, but before we do that, Shane is going to give us a brief history of Descent. The air in the briefing room is sterile, stale, and it stings your lungs. Your eyes burn from the garish electric blue of the digital schematics. Across the featureless hardwood conference table sits an emotionless suit, droning on in a way that would make even Armageddon sound boring. You've been contracted by the Post-Terran Mining Corporation, or PTMC, to solve a problem. Turns out, their autonomous mining robots have gone and gotten themselves infected with some sort of virus. And they've decided now is the perfect time for the robot uprising. Being the hotshot mercenary pilot you are, you're being paid to descend into each of PTMC's planetary mining installations throughout the solar system and fix the problem. And by fix, they mean destroy. This is how you, the player, are jettisoned into the world of Descent, a 3D spacecraft-based first-person shooter developed by Parallax Software and released by Interplay in 1995. The game is known for allowing the player complete freedom of movement within a three-dimensional space, otherwise known as Six Degrees of Freedom. Though technically not the first to accomplish this, games such as Afterburner also fit into this category, it is arguably the first notable entry into this relatively niche subset of games to boast a fully realized 3D environment. Piloting a spaceship, you play as a mercenary known by their callsign of Vertigo 1. You must navigate 30 distinct levels composed of labyrinthine mining tunnels, dispatching a deadly assortment of hostile robots and ultimately destroying each installation's reactor core. 
This, of course, triggers a self-destruct countdown, giving you mere seconds to find the mine's exit shaft and escape before the whole thing goes up in flames. Descent was originally developed for the MS-DOS platform by Parallax Software. Similar to most other titles of the era, Descent was developed using a software renderer, as 3D graphics cards did not exist in the mainstream at that time. A distinct difference, however, was that it was rendered its enemies using full 3D polygon meshes, while others, like Doom, used two-dimensional sprites. Descent would go on to be released in North America on March 17, 1995. Its initial incarnation was a shareware version, with the full game being released three months later. Mac OS, Acorn Archimedes, and PC-98 ports would also be released that same year, along with a modified version featuring stereoscopic graphics that was bundled with Stereographics Similize VR 3D glasses. A year later, an enhanced version of Descent would be released for the Sony PlayStation. This version featured all original 30 levels, along with five new Anarchy levels, the remixed soundtrack found on the Mac OS port, pre-rendered cinematics, and improved lighting effects. The best version. Critical reception of Descent was nearly unanimously positive, with GameSpot giving it an 8 out of 10, praising the game for its interweaving environments and overall gameplay feel. Descent would go on to spawn two sequels, a trilogy of novels written by Peter Tellup, and serve as inspiration for several games that came in its wake. And that is your brief history of Descent. Alright, so what we have is a very, very interesting game, and I, I just want to bring up the fact that it is, it is so interesting, is what you brought up at the beginning of it, with the six degrees of freedom. Yeah. And I don't think it's really fair to compare Afterburner to Descent, uh, just in the fact that Afterburner is is an on-rails shooter, uh, in the fact that you, know, you, you can't go back, you, you, you're not navigating through anything, of course, so... I know you you said you wrote here in the notes that it's not the really the first of its kind because you had a game called Star Cruiser for the uh, PC-8800 if you want to uh, get on that really quick. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah, I I wanted to I wanted to call it the first, um, but as I said, technically it's it's kind of not. Um, so Afterburner is, is sort of lumped into the the six degrees of freedom category. Um of games. And, and you're right, you know, it, it doesn't necessarily fit that moniker 100% just because of the, the on rails aspect of it, but it's, it's fairly close. Uh, and there were a number of other titles actually that were released earlier than Descent um, that sort of also fit into this category. But the only one that got really, really close was in fact Star Cruiser, and that was released for the PC-8800 uh, in 1988, so quite quite a time before Descent came out. Um, and the, the main difference there is that it was actually really ahead of its time in that most of the environment was um, rendered uh, polygonally, but the the thing that's keeping it from, at least in, in my eyes, keeping it from being the, the first real fully 3D environment, six degrees of freedom style of game is that it kind of had to make a compromise probably due to the system hardware at the time um, and use pre-rendered backgrounds, whereas um, Descent uh, doesn't do that. Now, 
there are a couple of like caveats with that because we like we mentioned Doom, right? And the fact that all of its uh-huh. enemies are are sprites. Right. Um, Descent uses sprites also, but they only use it for uh, item drops. So like your energy pickups and your shields and and uh, ammunition, those are all sprites. But but also when much... you're being fired upon, like missiles being fired at you. Hmm. Well. So... So that one actually, I'm not sure about that one. Um, you're probably you're probably right, but in I feel like in my experience, like the missile projectiles are actually 3D models. That 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 might that might be true. Uh, I know explosion like the. So when when you have an enemy firing, at least okay, I'm, I'm gonna be I'm just gonna be blunt here. I I play the PlayStation version, so obviously <laughs> yeah, this going is gonna to be, come up eventually. <laughs> yeah, so. I'm going to be very brief, and before I go into my story about, well, there's not much of a story. I played the PlayStation version much later, but there's kind of a story behind that. But in any case, the PlayStation version, when when enemies are firing missiles at you, or or you the big fireballs are coming at you, they're clearly sprites. When mm-hmm. enemies explode, it's sprites. Um, the lasers you fire on them, that could be debated if, that's, uh, or if those are polygons, and the missiles you fire, that could be debated if it's polygons or sprites. So they look like polygons when you're firing the missiles. Uh, right, now, right. Now, the enemy fire coming at you, uh, that seems to be sprites. And, of course, the items are sprites. Uh, and I think the explosions, the explosions look a lot like sprites. And that was that was common for the day, even going to the N64, uh, which, of course, you know, had a lot was focused on uh, polygonal rendering. That explosions mm-hmm. in the N64 were, were spritey as hell. Uh, just go play any oh, yeah. N64 game that's heavy in terms of explosives. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right. And I, I'd actually be interested to look more into that one because I don't know as far as the projectiles. Cause my, and it could just be that they just used really good sprites to trick me into thinking that they're three-dimensional. But mm-hmm. my brain is telling me that the missiles, at the very least, are are polygonal objects. I, I think the the lasers and like the spread fire cannon and those, I think those projectiles are probably sprites because there wouldn't be much of a reason to render those in 3D, I think, at least uh-huh. at the time. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like the explosions and um, the, uh, the mining employees, the hostages who you save, like those are all sprites as well. But the, the big difference is, is really the enemies because there are so many, there are a varied amount of different uh, enemy types in the game and there are unique 3D um, models for each one, which is is really cool and was still fairly uncommon at, at the time. Um, actually, most notably, uh, Quake 1 would be the next um, major first-person shooter to have... Um, polygonal meshes for uh, enemies, actually. And that came out like a year later, I believe. And that's interesting because Quake really does get that credit for being one of the first person shooters for doing that. But you look at when Descent came out in 1995, they were really doing something different. They were really setting some standards. So because Shane is a super fan, I'll let him talk more about it because you you probably played Descent closer to its release back in 95, right? I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, I did actually. Um, I don't think it was right at release. I'm, I, and I feel like I've talked about this before on, on the podcast. So it's actually very possible that if we have some very, uh, meticulous listeners out there that they could probably call me out and tell me that I'm just making shit up. But, mm-hmm. um, memory being what it is, I, I know that my family got our first like computer f- for the whole family. Um, 
the 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 compact presario that I've mentioned before. Uh, I want to say it was like around ninety six, I think. Um, hmm. And the the fun thing about that one was, and my parents didn't even know this. I I, I don't think when they bought it because they had no idea what any of this was, but. Uh, Young little me was super pumped about the fact that this brand new computer that we just bought for the house also got packaged with uh, a copy of um, Descent and also Magic Carpet, which was less fun. And maybe we'll do an episode about that game at some point. <laughs> which you have told me is utter and total trash. Uh, yeah, listen, there, to everything there there are there listen man i mean there are some defenders out there that will tell you that that game is just underappreciated and like you just don't get it man but mm. that game is garbage i've never played it and i've never had the inclination to so i i cannot say that it is good or bad i've only heard things that don't make me really want to play it yeah i i just, I just yeah. don't care about magic carpet sorry yeah, I mean that—that's a fair assessment of Magic Carpet, really. Uh, uh, but yeah, so like Descent came packaged with this computer, which was awesome. So like, this is actually one of the first PC games I ever played. So in a way, that was at least for me, it was pretty cool because like up until this point, I had only played—you know—I still owned a, a Super Nintendo at that time, right? And um, so my experience with games was just. Uh, sprites, just the 2D games. And then to have this computer come along and install Descent, which, by the way, at the time, you know, if you weren't there, you totally missed out on the personal hell that it was trying to get games to run on MS-DOS half the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you actually got it running, uh, it was amazing. It, it was the first time I had seen a game where you could move in any direction in a 3D space, um, and of course now going back and looking at it, it looks kind of like dog shit, just like a lot of N64 games. But at the time, the, the graphics were incredible. Um, and yeah, I, I played a lot of descent a lot. Um, I don't even know how many times I finished the game, like played through all, all 30 levels, but, uh, I put a lot of time into that one. But I know that you you have your own opinion of it that you you feel that um, the PlayStation version is superior. So why don't you uh, uh, elaborate a little bit on on why you think that is? Okay. So before I get into this, I'm going to say too long. Don't read the PlayStation version is the best version to play as long as you have the right controller. So let me get into my story because it starts all the way back in the mid 90s, much like Shane. In the before time. In the before time. So my computer, I I had like a Mac um, that had that you could switch in between Mac OS and Windows 3.1. It had both OSs on it. It had both system architecture on it. I don't remember what it was called. It was a dual boot. And this was back in this was back in the mid nineties. Um so it was very to me it was interesting. So you had three point one in Mac OS, whatever the hell it was back then. Well I didn't know I was recording a podcast with an aristocrat. But you have to understand, my, my dad is very into technology, and uh, if you know who my dad is, you would understand this. Um, I'm not going to pipe him up too much, but he is very <laughs> does involved da- does your dad in the computer work for industry. Nintendo? No, he does not work for Nintendo, <laughs> um, but he is he, he is very much into the industry as far as C++ goes. He's one of the C++ pioneers back in the day. Um, worked ah, at Bell gotcha. Labs. At least he claims to have worked at Bell Labs during the development of, and I tend to believe him uh, because he is still successful in that field. In any case, nice. and now we can, I want to tangent my dad. Um, 
I had a friend at school and I was talking about how great, you know, video games were on the Super Nintendo and all that stuff like that. And consoles were the greatest things ever. And they said, uh, well, you can I have this game called Descent and it's shareware so I can give you a copy. Of course, I have no idea what any of these things mean. Um, so I think he gave me a copy. I remember his name was Ryan. Not going to give last names, of course, but his name was Ryan. And I had another from Matt and they had these copies of Descent. They couldn't stop raving about Descent. So they gave me a floppy disk or a couple of floppy disks and said, yeah, just put this in your computer. Uh, if you have Windows 3.1, it won't work on Mac. Uh, and I said, why not? Because I had in my entire life was just all Mac computers and anything that wasn't a Mac was inferior. Of course, I was wrong. But uh, <laughs> I, I took these floppies. I put them on my computer, went to th- Windows 3.1 and couldn't figure out what the hell to do. Uh, I think someone eventually got it running for me, but the computer was such just couldn't run it. I, I don't know why. I don't think I had a 3D graphics processor because the computer wasn't developed for games. It was just more t- developed between word processing and, you know, translating, you know, Windows programs and Mac programs. I'm not sure. I didn't know anything about architecture back then. Clearly, you needed a turbo button. Uh, clearly, I needed something. Uh, turbo button would have worked. I should have plugged in my uh, uh, turbo graphics computer uh, controller that I did not have or um, my, my Sega Megafire, which I did have. Uh, into my computer, maybe it would have worked. That that, but I didn't have a that serial port. In any case, so years and years and years go by. In fact, this is let's go back to four years ago, 2015. So if you do the math, that's about a uh, 20 year difference almost. And uh, it starts out with me going to our uh, the best local video game store in Jacksonville uh, called Video Game Rescue. Um, I know I'm not going to get too much into Video Game Rescue. I, I would say they're cool. Go go see them. Now I'm just talking too much, and I know that's making Shane irritated. In any case, um, <laughs> sorry, Shane. <laughs> In any case, they have the uh, uh, the PlayStation Analog uh, flight stick controller, and uh, I'd never really seen one in the flesh. And this is where this is why my story is getting long, because. If, for those who don't know, there were analog controllers before the DualShock. You had the analog flight controller, which came out, or analog flight stick, or whatever the hell you want to call it, analog joystick controller, that came out with the system, uh, or shortly after the system, in either 95 or 96. And this thing is massive. It's probably one of the biggest first-party controllers ever made. Uh, it's not quite as big as the Steel Battalion controller for the Xbox, but it is a big controller, especially from <laughs> but the first then, party. But then nothing is, really. <laughs> no, nothing is. Nothing compares. But it's it's similar in style. So if you haven't seen one before, it has it has two joysticks uh, in the center. It's about, what, you say about two feet long? About two feet wide? Sounds about um, right. About two feet wide. It has two joysticks in the center. And it has uh, eight buttons in the middle, of course, which is your uh, triangle, circle, square, X, L1, uh, R1, R2... L2. And the all these buttons, of course, are still on the flight stick controllers. So, and it comes with a hat switch, too, which is kind of acts as your D-pad, even though the controllers themselves act as a D-pad. But uh, the semantics on the controllers aside, this thing is, is really cool. Uh, and it was Sony's first analog controller, um, which also has functionality on their second analog controller, which is never talked about. And I'm not going to get into it here because uh, no one talks about it. Just know that the analog controller doesn't rumble. And it has uh, convex analog joysticks as opposed to that has concave as opposed to convex analog joysticks in any case Mm -hmm. i found this controller and i was like i really need to get it so i I was able to get a good deal for it i think at the time it was i got for 20 bucks and i was like okay now i have this massive cool controller what the fuck do i play it with um microsoft flight simulator yeah exactly because that's the kind of collector i was 
I was like, what the fuck do I play with this thing? It's just cool. I just I just wanted to get cool shit that I thought was cool. And I started looking it up. It's like, oh, okay, Descent. I remember Descent. Uh, I was able to get it, I think, off like a Goodwill Books back time back then when Goodwill Books uh, on eBay was was uh, one of the smokinest hot deals you can get. I think I got Descent for like $4 long box for the PlayStation. And nice. uh, as soon as I got it in, I was like, let me fire this up. And I'm going to tell you, uh, the gameplay is absolutely divine uh, with this because I don't understand how you play it on a computer um, the way you do it just because it has the way you do it because the, the two joysticks control – all three facets of aviation. So you have your hat switch that will allow you to strafe. So if you have the hat switch that's on your right analog joystick, if you go left or right, you strafe uh, left or right, you press up or down, you strafe up or down. Um, your uh, thrust is on your left joystick. So if you move, you press forward, you, you're going to go forward uh, thrusting uh, back. You're going to go back uh, thrust. Uh, then you go to your roll is also on your left joystick. So left will roll your roll your craft and right will roll it right. And then your um, your pitch is controlled by your uh, right joystick, so going up or down. So you push forward. Uh, you're going to go however you want into whether or not you want to invert it. Uh, I invert it. So when I push forward, uh, I go down. When I pull back, I go up. And then your uh, it will also control your yaw. So if you go right, it will turn your craft. If you you know you turn left or right, will essentially make your craft. Uh, turn left or right and in, into the direction you want to go to. So you have complete freedom of movement over what it is. And of course, the triggers will control how you fire. I mean, that that's all I've ever looked for in life is just how to control my yaw, man. Uh, yaw is important, man. Yaw is the, the most underrated underrated uh, way of doing things. It's kind of like when they say do a, do a barrel roll and you're, you're doing an aileron roll. But um, <laughs> I'm so glad the, you brought that up. <laughs> yes. Common misconception. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, okay. I, I mean, I could answer that. So <clears throat> I, honestly, I, I think a lot of it just comes from like years of ingrained practice, really. Like, so obviously uh, since Descent, I, I played it on the PC first and I've never actually played any other version. I've always used a keyboard and mouse and, um, granted the, the default key mapping in Descent is hot garbage, um, so don't, don't use that. Well, that's uh, before WASD was really popular, right? Well, right. Yeah. So that's the thing is, is this was before the whole WASD thing when, um, I fought, who was the first one to do that? Was it Half-Life? Maybe. I want to say it was Half-Life. I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Cause Doom used arrows. Yeah. Yeah. Which I used to play it that way too, back in the day. And I don't know how the hell I did that now, but anyway. Um, yeah, I think I want to say half-life was the first to really do that, but anyway, um, change your key mappings for sure. Like do WASD and then like your roles, uh, this is what I do and it works out well enough. Like my role is on Q and E. So, you know, roll left, roll light, right. Um, I think I remapped my bombs to my space bar and like your auto map is tab and then um, flares is F. So it's like it's all right there. So you don't really have to move your hand at all. And then, you know, you this was also I didn't mention it in the history because there was a lot of technical stuff we could have talked about, but it would have taken up a lot of time. Um, this was also one of the first games in that era to really make use of mouse look um, because oh, it had to. Well, yeah, that's the thing is it had to. Right. Because, I mean, something like Doom, which was out right around the same time, you you can use mouse look now. And I don't recall if it was built in originally uh, when it first came out or not. 
But honestly, it'd be weird for that game because you don't have full six degrees of freedom anyway. So you kind of don't need it. Um, you're, you can, you know, control yourself just fine without it. But this game, if you didn't have mouse look, then you'd be fucked. Like, unless you were using a joystick or a controller, which were also built in options with the PC release as well. So if you were one of those people that had, um, you know, like a, one of those flight sticks or something that you could hook up to your PC, you could totally use that, um, even back then. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It's always worked fine for me. Like it's felt natural. Um, I do, I do have to change the default settings for like the mouse look to, um, reverse what they have by default because I always thought it felt weird, um, with the, the up and down pitch with the mouse. It was, but that's a problem that I have with a lot of games where they default it to one way and it just doesn't feel right. So, mm-hmm. but other than that, I mean, I've never had an issue with it. Now, granted, I would actually like as much as I'm going to be on one side of the fence here and you'll be on the other as far as mm-hmm. defending for versions of this game. I actually would like to try the, the PlayStation version with that controller you have because it does look really cool. And, and I have you a have. feeling when did I do that? This was like uh, three years ago. Is it one of your uh, bad movie parties? Did you actually bring that? Yes. Shit, man. It. I don't remember. Well, I don't remember any of it, so I gotta, <laughs> I gotta play it again then. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, I feel like I don't know. Did I have a good time with it? <laughs> you, you seem to, but I think your 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 bias towards the PC version was there. And I, I will say I can understand that because frame rate. Because uh, I've watched some some footage from Descent. Uh, on the PC and it's, it's a much cleaner image. Uh, the frame rate is higher and movement is smoother. And that's just, just, just typical of PC versus console releases back then. That's to be expected. I mean, the same was for doom and, uh, just pretty much any PC release back in the day, the PC version graphically and, and performance wise was, and still is, uh, the superior performance. It's yeah, just the I control. I was going to say like, you could, variance. you could make that argument now still too, but yeah. So, I mean, that, that criticism is fair. So what I would like to do is I would like to play the PC version with that control setup. Yeah, which actually is, is, a, is a great segue because I was going to mention um, you, you know, because we like to talk about whether or not this is something people can play now, right? And mm-hmm. um, they totally can. It is available on good old games. That's actually where I bought it again from because... Alas, I think I lost my original Descent disc somewhere in the many moves that have occurred in my life since I was like 14. But um, I, uh, yeah, I rebought it there. And if you're going to go and play it, you can play it just stock as it is, you know, and uh, in its original form. But I would highly suggest going out and downloading uh, the DX Rebirth mod. Um, it makes the whole experience so much better, uh, on modern hardware. So you can purchase it legally on good old games and then go find the rebirth mod and install that. It's super easy to install. Actually, it comes in an installer for you. So you don't really even have to think about it. Um, and when you run it that way, it gives you, um, newer high res textures for pretty much everything. It adds like translucency effects to, um, items like your shield orbs and things like that. Uh, it also supports better modern, uh, native resolutions like widescreen and, you know, uh, 1080p and things like that. It also, uh, includes what I think was the remix soundtrack from the Mac OS version 
which a lot of people argue is a better version of the soundtrack than the original. But that's what actually what I've been playing recently um, leading up to this episode. And it's one of those deals where it makes the game feel like how your brain remembers it. It's it's kind of like the Ocarina of Time effect where like playing the 3DS version, you're like, yeah, this this looks like how Ocarina of Time should look. And then you go and fire up an N64 and you're like, oh, no. Oh, oh, no. Yeah, they didn't age like you thought it was. They really don't. Yeah. But um, so I had a couple of things um, before we sort of like wrap up this episode that I kind of wanted to touch on as far as just like things that I think are really cool, honestly, about the game, because if it's not like self-evident at this point, I I think it's safe to say that both Chris and I enjoy this game and would recommend it. I know I certainly do. Um, Uh, But briefly before you get into that, because you kind of touched on whether or not holds up. I will say this, if you do not have a PlayStation Dual analog joystick, and Mm. that's the big fucking tank stick, the one with the two massive, you know, dick-shaped phallic symbols coming out of a arcade-looking machine board, do not, don't don't bother. Um, It is an absolute terror to play with the original PlayStation controller. Don't do it. It's not worth your time. Um, But if you do have the analog joystick, both Descent and Descent Maximum, are very much worth your investment. Uh, that's the only way to play it on PlayStation. But if you do not have that controller, it's not worth your time. It does not hold up. Don't even try. There it is. Now, that's fair. I mean, the original PlayStation controller didn't even have sticks, right? So right. that must be a fucking nightmare to try to play a game with six degrees of movement. Right. <laughs> I can't well, even it, imagine wanting to do that. It may be compatible with the DualShock, but the fact that you know, the, the analog sticks themselves have the, all the buttons you need on them. And strafing is such an important part of that game. And strafing is mapped to the D-pad while movement is uh, mapped to your D-pads. I mean, your analog sticks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 just an absolute nightmare uh, on how to control, how to switch your weapons, how to fire. It's it's not worth it. Yeah, I got you. So, yeah. So just uh, really quickly, uh, just a couple of things to note that I just personally really love about descent and it's something that i kind of came back to me as i've been replaying it more recently um it's just it's really well crafted uh it you could make the argument and some people did even at release um that it's somewhat simplistic in in the gameplay it's it's mostly just like you go into the level you explore the level shoot enemies they blow up you find key cards to open doors and you blow up the reactor and leave. And that's more or less the gist of just about every one of the 30 levels of the game. They mix that up formula up a little bit on a few occasions where rather than the end of the level being a reactor that shoots at you, um, it's an actual boss character, which is cool. Um, But I would say that there's actually some manner of elegance in its simplicity in that it's just fun. Um, it's really, really fun as long as your controls are set up properly, of course, to mm-hmm. to navigate these, you know, this labyrinth of, of mining tunnels and, and, you know, fighting these robotic enemies. And there are quite a few different types of enemies, so it keeps things varied in that way. And um, it can definitely ramp up the difficulty, especially uh, for people who are not used to having to sort of keep an eye on their six, as it were, because you're not used to having that much... Um, you know, freedom of movement, you can have enemies coming at you from quite literally any angle. Uh, so that sort of makes it 
you kind of have to have your head on a on a proverbial swivel most of the time. But to me, I think that actually adds to the experience. And the the ending sequence for each level where ultimately you find the reactor core of that particular mine and you have to blow it up, you get about, I think it's 50 seconds? 45. Is it 45? At least in the PlayStation version, it's 45. I feel like the PC version is 50. Um, but at, at any rate, you have less than a minute to escape and find the the exit tunnel and get out of there before the whole place explodes. Now, the uh, the idea being that, you know, <clears throat> if you know that's coming, you should have probably found where the exit door is before you go and blow up the reactor. Otherwise, you're probably kind of screwed. But that, like, extra level of tension at the end of every level, I think, is brilliant. Um, because there are times where some of the levels are huge and it will take a while to get through them and they are pretty windy. Your, the wireframe auto map that you have helps, um, to sort of keep you on track as far as navigating where you need to go. But, uh, it is very possible that you will kind of tend to lose your way or things will kind of drag for a while on some of the bigger levels. So having that sort of rush of adrenaline at the end of everyone is kind of a nice, um, punctuation i think to the end of each of the of the mining uh, areas so overall i just think it's it's a lot of fun it's fairly straightforward but it does what it does really well um i personally can't really find too many flaws with it um, i would say it's a bit long i would say 30 levels is a bit too much you because think so? there's there's not much deviation between the levels True. That, I mean, that is true. Yeah. I mean, your environments really don't change up too much. I mean, they, I, I feel like they kind of do what they can, but I, th- <laughs> I kind of almost feel like they were constrained by their own plot devices, right? Like if they're, if their whole premise is, well, I don't know, this company has like a whole bunch of mining colonies on planets. They're probably going to look all pretty much the same. I mean, but, not- like, to use Diablo as an example, if the entire game of Diablo, if, If they had, you know, 30 levels, and I think Diablo has more than that. I'm not sure how much it has. But each level, if each level, if it had 30 levels and every single level looked like the first set of levels for the entire game, it would get kind of, even if, like, you you increased the challenge of every level. And then the the boss in every level was the same, essentially, except for a few, which kind of Diablo does do. It would be viewed as kind of tedious. And I think, I, I mean, to, to be fair, if there was like 30 levels of the cathedral in Diablo, I would just, I'd play that. So, but, I, right, but, I'm, but, bi- but I'm biased. So, you know, right, right. If you had 30 cathedral levels, I don't think it would be as much as of a success of a success. And I think that's no, kind right. of why Descent kind of gets forgotten about today, even as, as fun of a game that it is. It's, it's just the same pretty much game with, with larger, more labyrinthine levels as you go forward. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really change too much, whereas Doom did, and uh, Wolfenstein kind of did, and that came before, and, and Quake certainly did. So you have all these big first-person shooters coming in around the same time, and Descent just has that different kind of control, but it's samey the entire game through. So if they had probably made about 15, 20 levels, and they they made that game, and they probably added more variety to those levels... I think it would have stood the test of time in terms of being in people's memory a lot more than it had. Because in terms of the test of time, we both agree that it's completely fun, completely playable. You will enjoy yourself, but it is it, 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 it is 
needs a palette swap every once in a while. It's just very, very similar every the entire way through. No, I think that's a fair assessment. And and to in the in the interest of full transparency, uh, even though I said I've played this many many times, which I have. Uh, I've played it many, many times, but I've never actually finished it many, many times. I have, but in the number of times that I've gone back and picked it up again and over and over, I probably get, you know, roughly halfway through the game and then I feel like I've gotten my fill of Descent for a while. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, no, I, I see where you're coming from on that. Maybe if they had... And, and even if they didn't vary up the environments, although I do think that is a good point... Um, even if they didn't, perhaps just due to limitations or, or what have you, I think paring down the levels and maybe, you know, um, pruning changing objectives. A, yeah, maybe changing the objectives. But honestly, maybe even just as simple as pruning some of the like lesser levels, the ones that are maybe a little less enjoyable and paring it down from, you know, 30 to, like you said, like maybe 20 uh, might have ended up giving people just a tighter experience and then you wouldn't uh end up maybe getting feeling sort of like burnt out on it before you actually got through the whole thing mm-hmm. yeah so no that that's totally fair so uh speaking of which there yeah. is a reboot for descent coming out this year or supposed to supposedly yeah um the current release date is targeted somewhere around um this year i don't know if they said exactly when but that was a was it a kickstarter I I'm not sure. I just know that there there's a reboot coming out this year, and there was a Kickstarter um for that made by a lot of the original creators of Descent. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a number of the original members of Parallax um had actually successfully kickstarted um sort of a spiritual successor to Descent. Um, and they called that one Overload, and that was released um may of 2018 actually i personally have not had a chance to check it out but the reception of it has been generally very positive so i'm probably going to get around to actually looking at that at some point did you have you had a chance to check that out at all i have not actually and your show notes is the first time i've even heard of it so (laughs) it, it does give inspiration but i do think it is interesting uh that these are starting to crop up now uh just because there wasn't there, there, there's not really anything like Descent in terms of how they executed it, the fluidity in which they did it, the, the range of control that you do have. Uh, it's very unique. And even with it being such a success, that control scheme only really stuck to Descent in terms of a first-person shooter. It never really branched off all too much. And the, the first-person shooter more evolved the Doom route. And Descent itself... Unfortunately, you don't see a lot of games in that vein or in that gameplay, uh, at no. least ones that are extremely popular. Yeah, no, you don't really. Um, around that time, of course, there was as as is you know what usually happens. Um, like take um, battle royales, for example. Currently, mm-hmm. uh, there was a kind of a spate of games that came out that tried to emulate what Descent was doing because of its success and. Um, they had, you know, varying degrees of, of success with that, but outside of that somewhat limited time frame around when Descent was like new and popular, uh, yeah, not a lot of, uh, games have really tried that. And if I had to guess, I'd say it's, it's probably partly due to what I mentioned before about, um, just player awareness, just having anything coming at you from any angle can be disorienting sometimes. And the fact that 
more often than not, you will end up uh, inadvertently kind of like, you know, flipping yourself upside down and then you have to roll to get back in the right position. And um, I know that that can certainly affect some people if you've got like motion sickness issues or, or things like that. So, uh-huh. Well, this this episode is going long in the tooth. So, Shane, do you have any closing remarks on Descent? Um, yeah, it's a super fun space shooter where you blow up robots and destroy reactors and you should play it if you haven't. And even if you did, you should go back and play the DX Rebirth mod because it's awesome. That's all I have to say. Outstanding. I have nothing further to say on Descent, but I will plug our friend Seamus's uh, channel, uh, Gray Man The Gray Man. The Gray Man. He has been faithfully plugging us all week, uh, the week that he was on the podcast. So thank you, Seamus. We do appreciate it. Uh, You've been doing uh, great things on your channel. Continue to do great work. I think right now he's doing a Resident Evil 2 uh, playthrough. So if you go over there and check that out, uh, you can also check him out on www.spburke.com, which is B-U-R-K-E. I will give that shout out to him. Uh, Once again, thank you, Seamus, for being on the show. Uh, Other than that, uh, I really have nothing further for this episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Retro Hangover Podcast. Shane? Um, Yeah, I think that about sums it up. I've got one quick thing that I want to throw out there. Um, I know on a few episodes in the past, we've mentioned our, our streaming habits and the fact that we haven't really been doing a whole lot of it. Um, honestly, that's due to a number of factors, both technical and just life. Um, we just haven't necessarily had time to fit that in, but, um, we're trying to shoot for setting up more of a regular schedule now. So, um, you might find that this, uh, episode is not going to age very well because I, we might not stick to this and then this is going to make us sound dumb, but Hey, um, the plan is to try to do some regular streaming on Sunday nights. So that'll be uh, Retro Hangover's Stream Sunday. Uh, we're shooting for 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, and it'll be just a couple of hours uh, once every week. But we want to try to get on stream and maybe interact with some of you fine folks and, and play the games that we talk about uh, on our episodes. Or at least similar ones. Yeah, or, or at least similar if for whatever reason we can't uh, actually properly stream the one that we are discussing, but at least something to that effect. So keep an eye out for that. Um, if we do, you know, go live, uh, you know, our social media accounts will be updated accordingly. So if you are free on uh, Sunday evenings and got nothing better to do, uh, feel free to jump in and uh, watch us play some 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 good old retro games. And really quick before we wrap this up, uh, Shame, any closing, final closing remarks once again? Um, I don't know. Should I? I guess not. So, uh, Instagram, <laughs> Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, oh, YouTube, God. find us. Uh, RetroHangover.com, uh, podcast at RetroHangover.com is the email. Uh, I don't think we've gotten any emails recently unless you're a Russian bot. In that case, uh, thank you. Uh, and I don't know how to say thank you in Russian. I should have thought about that before I said that. Mm-hmm. And, um, god damn it. I, I wanted to bring up one more final point oh yeah uh next week we will go into shane's uh shane's all-time favorite game uh that he has been no doubt dutifully been playing in preparation for the episode next week and i cannot look forward more to this episode than uh anybody else in this entire world shane don't you agree uh yes i'm really looking forward to discussing um hello kitty island adventure yes 
uh, the Labyrinth Edition. So mm-hmm. we look forward to that. And until then, keep playing with your joysticks, especially if they're attached to a giant phallic PlayStation-like device. Have a good night or day or whatever you're doing. Bye.